Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuhu from the podcast team at Qalam. We wanted to wish you a very blessed Ramadan. This month you can expect daily uploads that will include reflections, khatiras and khutbas all from our new campus Alhamdulillah. If you benefit from this content, please give generously at supportqalam.com. 100% of your donations goes towards the means of providing accessible Islamic knowledge to people around the world. Jazakumullah khairan for listening. Alhamdulillah. الحمد لله علي ذات عظيم الصفات سمي السمات كبير الشأن جليل القدر الرفيع الذكر مطاع الأمر جلي البرهان فخيم الاسم غزيل علم وسيل حلم كثير الغفران جميل الثناء جزيل العطاء مجيب الدعاء عميم الإحسان سريل حساب شديد العقاب أليم العذاب عزيز السلطان ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له في الخلق والأمر ونشهد أن محمدًا عبده ورسوله المبعوث إلى الأسود والأحمر المنعوث بشرح الصدي ورفع الذكر وصلى الله عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه الذين هم خلاصة العرب العرباء وخير الخلائق بعد الأنبياء أما بعد فيا أيها الناس وحد الله فإن توحيد رأس الطاعات واتقوا الله فإن تقوى ملاك الحسنات وعليكم بالسنة فإن السنة تهدي إلى لطاعة ومن أطاع الله ورسوله فقد رشد واهتدى وإياكم والبدعة فإن البدعة تهدي إلى المعصية ومن يعص الله ورسوله فقد ضل وغوى وعليكم بالإحسان فإن الله يحب المحسنين ودعوه فإنه مجيب الداعين واستغفروه يمددكم بأموال وبنين أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم وقال ربكم ادعوني أستجب لكم إن الذين يستكبرون عن عبادتي سيدخلون جهنم داخلين The Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم has taught us a very important spiritual principle that is essential for the performance of good deeds and the fulfillment of the obligation, the devotion, the commitment that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has asked of us and demanded of us and commanded us to do. And that very important spiritual principle is that actions and the evaluation the assessment of actions lies upon, rests upon, is contingent upon the conclusion. And this is, you know, something that we might even grasp to some degree or some extent. But this is something that is very, very important for us to understand and realize. And I want to share a few insights from the life of the Prophet ﷺ that demonstrates this and illustrates this and how we can take that into consideration here in terms of the time that we are in now. The Prophet ﷺ, one of maybe the most powerful moments from the life of the Prophet ﷺ is actually at the end of the life of the Prophet ﷺ. The night before the Prophet ﷺ passed away, the Prophet ﷺ passed away on a Monday morning. The Sunday evening prior to that, the Prophet's condition 
had deteriorated quite severely. Earlier in that day, somehow, miraculously, he had this second wind. And he sent for some of his companions, Ali ibn Abi Talib radiallahu anhu and Fadl bin Abbas, who were also his cousins, family members. He sent for them, and they came to the home of the Prophet and they lifted him up. And they kind of carried him with his feet kind of lightly touching the ground. And they took him to the masjid at his insistence. And they sat him down next to Abu Bakr who was leading the prayer. And after the prayer, the Prophet asked them to place him on the mimbar, the pulpit. And he sat there and from there he addressed the ummah. And that was the final public address that he gave. <clears throat> what he said in that public address essentially confirmed what everyone feared. The absolute worst. And that was that the Prophet ﷺ spoke like a man who was departing. So later that evening, as he was surrounded by his family, his loved ones, who were there to spend some precious moments with him, Fatima radiallahu ta'ala anha, Sayyida Fatima al-Zahra radiallahu ta'ala anha, may Allah be pleased with her, the apple of the Prophet's eye, his only surviving child, out of seven children, six children, seven children that the Prophet was blessed with, six with his wife Khadija radiallahu ta'ala anha, and then one later child, Ibrahim radiallahu anhu, out of those seven children, the only one to survive him was Fatima. And Fatima radiallahu ta'ala anha essentially grew up and was born into the era of prophethood and grew up experiencing the whole experience of prophethood and nubuwa. And so she grew up in the struggle of the Prophet And she was very near and dear to him and extremely beloved to him. So Fatima radiallahu ta'ala anha comes to meet the Prophet And she draws near him and the Prophet ﷺ calls her closer. She comes close. He calls her yet closer. She comes even closer. To the point where her ear is practically touching his mouth. And the Prophet ﷺ said something to her. And she starts to cry and weep profusely. It's gut-wrenching to see. And then the Prophet ﷺ once again calls her close and she puts her ear down to his mouth again and he again says something in her ear that no one else can hear and she smiles through her tears. Fast forward after the passing of the Prophet ﷺ, a few weeks have passed, Aisha Siddiqa radiallahu ta'ala anha, the mother of the believers, who narrates this incident in Sahih Muslim, she says that I waited some time, I gave some time for Fatima and ever, all of us to grieve. And then I went to Fatima and I said that if you don't mind sharing with me, that interaction is, you know, just in, I, I can't stop playing it over and over in my head. Can you tell me what he said to you?
And Fatima radiallahu ta'ala anha, she says that when he first called me close and he whispered in my ear, he said that, Fatima, I am dying. He confirmed for me in that moment. And you know, no one ever accepts the departure of a loved one. You know, when, when there are tragic situations, and may Allah give health and shifa to all those who are sick. And may Allah comfort all those who have lost someone. And many people have lost loved ones over the last couple of years. But even when someone is on their deathbed, and that's it, they're not even treating the person anymore, and now it's just departure. That person, when you talk to them, that husband or wife, that son or daughter, that brother or sister, that loved one, still says, make dua that Allah cures them, make dua that Allah gives them shifa. No, it's not easy to accept that you're about to lose someone you love, let alone someone of the caliber of the Prophet So when he says to her that I am leaving, she says, that's why I started to cry. Because that was the first moment that it became real, that I was about to lose him. And he said to me that I've known this since the month of Ramadan. I've known this since the month of Ramadan. And how, what did he do with that information? That last Ramadan of the Prophet ﷺ, normally there were, there were a few you know, salient features of the Prophet ﷺ's observance of the month of Ramadan. Number one, obviously, is fasting. That's an obligation. Number two is the nightly prayers, qiyam, tahajjud. Number three is that the Prophet ﷺ would do i'tikaf. He would confine himself to the area of the masjid for the last 10 days and nights. Right? That's why like some of the barriers and partitions you see in the corners of the masjid, that's people observing i'tikaf. And then the fourth element of the Ramadan of the Prophet ﷺ that's very you know, key, is that the hadith of Jibreel mentions that the angel, archangel Gabriel, Jibreel alayhi salam, would come to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam every day, every night, and the Prophet sallallahu would recite the entirety of everything that had been revealed to him up to that point. So let's say three-fourths of the Qur'an has been revealed. He would recite all of that over the course of the 30 days of Ramadan, the month of Ramadan. A portion every day. The Prophet ﷺ tells Fatima, this Ramadan, because it was my last Ramadan, there are two things that I did differently. And these are things everyone knew, everyone saw, but nobody connected those dots yet. And so the Prophet ﷺ is connecting those dots for all of us. Number one, instead of doing i'tikaf for just the last 10 days and nights, I did i'tikaf for 20 days, 20 nights. Secondly, instead of reciting everything that had been revealed of the Qur'an, and by that time, by the Ramadan, the last Ramadan of the life of the Prophet something like 98% of the Qur'an had already been revealed. So it was pretty much most of it. A few verses were revealed after Ramadan. 
A few things were revealed afterwards, but otherwise 98% of the Qur'an had been revealed already. And the Prophet ﷺ said that I recited the whole thing to Jibreel السلام, and every day he asked, he, he asked me to increase the portion that I was reciting to him and we finished the whole thing and then he asked me to do it once again, to double the recitation of the Qur'an. The i'tikaf was doubled. The recitation of the Qur'an was doubled. The time spent in the company of the angel was doubled. Everything was increased. Everything was ramped up. Not slowed down. Not decreased. Right? That a lot of times, you know, we see this just as an observation. There are two types of conclusions to things. You wind down, or you... And, you know, in a very grand fashion. We see those. These are two realities of life. Some things cool off and slow down and wind down, like how a fan turns off. And then sometimes you end things in very big and grand fashion. Like when we completed the Qur'an, the recitation of the Qur'an, everyone does. But like when, when we had that here two nights ago, it ended in grand fashion. People gathering together. People making a very powerful extended dua together. People congratulating and meeting one another. So the Prophet ﷺ in this moment is showing us, is teaching us, is demonstrating for us that we need to learn to end big. And in a very grand fashion, that is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala demands of us. And that is what our deen, you know, de demands of us. And also, what this blessing that Allah has given us deserves of us as well. And so we see the Prophet ﷺ concluding his life overall. And that knowing that this was his last Ramadan, by ending in this fashion. And... The point obviously to draw from here more specifically, and I don't mean to, you know, upset anyone by bringing up this thought or idea, but this is a reality that Allah reminds us of in the Quran constantly. Death is an inevitability, it is a reality, and the thing is, we don't know when it'll come or when it, where it'll come. Could this have been the last Ramadan? Allah knows best. We pray that Allah gives us many more opportunities, but we ultimately do not know. And so we have in front of us the remainder of today. We have Saturday, the following day, one more, two more nights of worship, taraweeh, qiyam, Quran, and then two, including today, there are three more days of fasting, including today. And so we have this opportunity in front of us. But we get to decide what we do with that opportunity. How we utilize this blessing. How we utilize this opportunity. And making the most of it. Barakallahu lana wa lakum fil Qur'an al-Azim wa nafa'ni wa iyaakum bil ayati wa dhikr al-Hakim astaghfirullaha li wa lakum wa lisa'il al-Muslimin fastaghfiruh innahu huwa al-Ghafur al-Rahim الحمد لله رب العالمين والعاقبة للمتقين والصلاة والسلام على سيد المرسلين 
wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man tabi'ahum bi ihsanin ila yaumiddin wa ba'd The second thing that I wanted to share here while we are looking at that portion of the life of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam is what was the advice of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam in his final moments because one of the main questions that is asked at this time of the year every year one of the main questions that is repeatedly asked at the end of the month of Ramadan is what do we do after Ramadan kind of the idea some people phrase it how do we keep this going how do we not lose what we gained in Ramadan what is the advice for after Ramadan and the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam ali ibn abi talib radiyallahu ta'ala anhu one of the closest people to the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam in this life in this world and in the next life the Prophet said to Ali ibn Abi Talib Are you not pleased, O oh Ali? Are you not pleased that your door will be across from my door in paradise? That we'll be neighbors in Jannah. So this is a person of such a, a remarkable caliber. He was with the Prophet towards the end of his life, in his last moments. And he said that the Prophet ﷺ seemed like he was mouthing some words, he was saying something. So he said that I leaned in to hear what the Prophet ﷺ was saying, and the Prophet ﷺ was saying, And this wasn't just something that the Prophet ﷺ was, you know, this is not just relevant to any particular portion of life. But this is such a powerful and beautiful summary of our religion. And while I'm here in the last few days of the month of Ramadan, in these final hours, these final moments, trying to make the most of it, but also trying to come up with a plan in my head of what I'm supposed to do, what can I do, what's expected of me once this blessed month is over, that what is something very tangible, very practical that I can aim to achieve? And the Prophet ﷺ said, Take care of your prayer. Take care of your prayer. Take care of your prayer. Maintain your salah. Maintain this connection with Allah. Cherish your conversation with Allah. As-salatu mi'arajul mu'min. It is the ascension of the believer. As-salatu imaduddin. It is the central pillar of the practice of our religion. La khayra fi deenin laysa fihi salah. There's no good. There will not be good in the practice of religion when prayer is absent from it. It will feel deficient. You will feel unbalanced. You will feel like something is missing. You will have a void inside of you. There's so much. The Prophet ﷺ said that the place of the salah in this religion is like the head and the body. The Prophet ﷺ tells us that salah, inna salataka sakanul lakum. That prayer is a source of peace and tranquility. Aqrabu ma yakunul abdu min rabbihi wa huwa sajid. The closest that the servant is to Ar-Rahman, the most merciful creator is when that person puts their face on the ground in sujood, in prostration, and is worshipping Allah, is performing that salah. Awwalu ma, that the very first thing that people will be reckoned for, yuhasabu bihi, 
The very first thing that the servant of God will be reckoned for, will be asked about, will be judged in regards to and accounted for, on the day of resurrection will be the prayer. And so salah is such a beautiful and powerful way to remain connected to Allah and to practice our deen. And that's what the Prophet ﷺ chose to emphasize in those final moments. And that's something very practically that we can carry on. Now somebody might say that, brother, well, what if, you know, I'm already praying five times a day. Salah, think of it as not so much even in terms of a very specific number. And that's another whole conversation of quality versus quantity. The quantity is fard, that's not up for discussion. Right? The two, four, four, three, four, we understand that. But there is a whole qualitative aspect to salah. Salah is something that you can continue to mine and refine. And something that the deeper you go into it, the more you put into it, the more you'll be getting back from it. Where Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala anhu, that his prayer, he emulated the Prophet's prayer. And his prayer was so powerful that no one, nothing could distract him. That he was praying outside of his home at night, reciting the Quran, not very loud, but just, you know, with a little bit of volume for his own kind of enjoyment and pleasure. And a whole throng of people, a whole crowd gathered around his home. And he was completely oblivious and unaware to it. Because he was talking to Allah. Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala anhu's grandson, Abdullah ibn Zubayr radiallahu ta'ala anhumah, who is also a companion of the Prophet learned from his grandfather on how to pray. And he was praying at the haram one time, and a fight a battle basically broke out and a shell that someone fired flew by his face even you know scratching him a bit and he remained completely oblivious to it because he was talking to Allah that there is that quality of prayer so we need to emphasize we need to focus on this salah and carrying this salah with us after the month of Ramadan. And then the second thing is, Be mindful of the people that you are responsible for. In general, Hukukul Ibad, our character, is very important. But here the Prophet emphasizes this isn't just being about polite, this isn't just about you know, saying please and thank you, this isn't just about you know, smiling at someone. No, no, no. This is when you are responsible for someone. Allah has put you in a position of responsibility. That being mindful of that, God-fearing. Right? لَاللَّهُ أَقْدَرُ عَلَيْكَ مِنْ قُدْرَتِكَ عَلَيْكَ That God has greater power over you than whatever power you think you have over that person. The Prophet said that to a sahabi. And so being very mindful of that. And being willing to be a little bit critical of ourselves. Where I take a long hard look in the mirror. And I see where do I, where do I rank? How do I stand in regards to taking care of the people? 
that Allah has given me responsibility over. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept from us our Ramadan. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to end and conclude our Ramadan in admirable fashion. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to carry on the blessings of the month of Ramadan. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to honor and dignify our relationships. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us an easy reckoning. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us His blessing. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us His mercy and His forgiveness. Ameen. قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أرحم أمتي بأمتي أبو بكر وأشدهم في أمر الله عمر وأصدقهم حيان عثمان وأقضاهم عليه وفاطمة سيدة النساء أهل الجنة والحسن والحسين سيدا شباب أهل الجنة وحمزة أسد الله وسيد الرسول قال الله تعالى إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على محمد عبدك ورسولك وصل على المؤمنين والمؤمنات والمسلمين والمسلمات وبارك على سيدنا محمد وعلى أزواجه وذريته قال الله تعالى إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعيذكم لعلكم تذكرون أذكروا الله يذكركم ودعوه يستجب لكم ولا ذكر الله أكبر والله يعلم ما تصنعون أقيم الصلاة